Hey everyone, you are listening to Rec Play Live, episode 10. Today we're talking about flow. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming on. You can also follow us on Twitter at... Rec Play Live. And Facebook. All the links are in the show notes and we'll get started. So in life, uh, people are trying to live a life where they're constantly trying to get better, faster, and stronger. And in doing so, sometimes people will actually forget to be happy. But that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, when When we're doing something, most of the time we have an intrinsic motivation. And with that intrinsic motivation, the more that you're able to get involved in a situation, the more likely you're able to accomplish what we call flow. When you are intrinsically involved, you also have to, in order to get to a flow state, intrinsic motivation has to be there and the ability level must match the activity, right? So for example, let's say I'm working on a Sudoku. I'm really, really interested in it. I just began practicing Sudokus and I pick extreme hard or a samurai Sudoku when my skill level is much more of an easy to medium. Um, the skill set does not match the activity level, therefore I'm going to be struggling more and unable to reach the flow state of being because there's a mismatch. So in order to really experience flow, you have to find that pure balance of intrinsic motivation and ability level. You sure about that? You know, it, flow is a great thing because you can totally feel fulfillment when you're in that state of being it's one of those true happy experiences that you can have i think that in a lot of the activities day to day we try and experience flow which is important to our quality of life and you're right that you have to be fully engaged in that activity to get the the full effects of the feeling and if you think about it if you're if it's too hard, you're going to lose focus. If it's too easy, you're going to lose focus. You just got to find that right middle ground. And that tends to be the most difficult thing that most people, you know, can't find. Getting that middle ground. There was a psychologist named Chicks Mihaly. I know I totally butchered it. The name will be in the show notes. Okay, so definitely uh, for your reference, it will be typed it's actually pretty good because i i, I wasn't yeah I <laughs> it's a tough one that. it's a tough one so he actually studied the theory of flow in relation to leisure and he was able to come up with some really good points like concentration your concentration is so intense there is no attention left over to think about anything irrelevant or to worry about problems is what he's quoted as saying so you're so into the moment you're unable to think about anything else except what you're doing because your ability level is matching the activity level. It's a great way to cope with anything you're going through. Stress, negative impacts on you and your daily you know, life. Um, so reaching that flow is really important in terms of being happy. Flow also refers to a deepening understanding of life and also reinforces the sense of self instead of being lost in the service of external goals. Quoted is what Chicks Mihaly said. He's so, a tough time, just like me. I didn't even make an attempt. I, I, I looked at that and I was like, mm, nope, not happening. 
So I think what he's trying to say is that in the sense of self, instead of being lost in service uh, of external goals, so when you're doing flow or you're trying to achieve flow, the external benefits, money, time, anything like that kind of fades away and you're just so engrossed in this activity. It's such a great experience to have and it's intrinsically rewarding. As we're talking about flow, I mean, I know for before I got involved in break therapy, I never got the opportunity to see the word flow as part, part of a theory, but the one of the, the good ways to compare it to is like being in the zone. Mm-hmm. And if you think about sports, many times you're hearing be in the zone. And being in the zone, it gives you pretty much what flow does, but with flow, you're able to apply it as far as uh, self-improvement for yourself while mm-hmm. being in the zone is something of getting that sense of timelessness while you're playing a game, while you're playing a sport. Mm-hmm. You're just so engrossed in the activity that all other things kind of melt away. You know, I also have a hard time hearing people. I know when I used to box, I would uh, get all this adrenaline build up and then I would go into the ring and in the ring I would... I know people were talking to me, but all I would hear is mwah, 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 mwah. Because I couldn't, I knew people were talking, but they couldn't hear me. But I got so in the zone that I knew I had to go in. It was three-minute rounds. Go in. I was sparring. You know, I knew I had to throw some punches. The skill set was matched with the other person, so it was definitely something that was manageable. And then I was engaging in it, which then those three minutes, I really couldn't tell whether three minutes were passing, whether it was longer, whether whether it was less. But what I did know was that I was so into that that I was in the zone or I was mm-hmm. in the flow of the activity. And some tips to, to get into flow would be to set some goals, develop your skill set, monitor your feedback, and adjust any of your efforts and goals as indicated. Become immersed in the activity engaging your flow activity on a regular basis and as you progress uh, toward your goal think about the meaning and the usefulness of the activity sorry and there's one more understand the challenges involved so when i was talking about boxing my goal was to be good and to be able to participate when i was understanding that the challenge was to go through the three minute periods for uh and be able to compete at a good level and I was developing the skill set before I was going into the mm-hmm. ring. Similar to your Sudoku where you would work on it. But if you weren't constantly practicing, mm-hmm. you weren't going to develop that skill set. And if I went in, let's say, with some, one of the great boxers ever. And I had never practiced. I had never done anything. I would go in. I'd be done in about two seconds. So I needed to make sure that who I was going up against was something that was manageable. And then afterwards, I would hear feedback. I would ask, hey, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? What, where can I grow? And I would constantly be practicing more. And I would develop new goals. Okay, by this day, I want to be able to last one round, two rounds, three rounds. Or I want to be able to do this combo. I would think of different goals for myself, which would then keep me into the activity. And... This isn't the only thing that you can do. Uh, and this is something that I was working on for myself. You know, I like boxing, so that's why I was doing that. 
I like sports, so I played sports. So things could include like hobbies, any kind of sports, some kind of writing, art, and it really depends on what you as the individual are into. So I also want to go back. I know in previous podcasts we've discussed flow in terms of work as well as extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So one of the things I felt interesting was that Chicks Mahaley felt from what I read that if an acti- if an activity of leisure begins as an extrinsically motivating so meaning they get a feedback some kind of paycheck or some sort of outside gain it could still turn into an intrinsically motivating activity so like if a person was working at their job to earn a paycheck the work itself may not be intrinsically motivating as they're looking for an end goal such as their paycheck once they begin the actually working, the concept of time decreases as well as their worries, and they can enter the flow experiencing. The person experiencing flow is now working based on an intrinsic motivation rather than an external reward. So even though they're getting something externally, that's not the focus of doing this activity. They're just so engrossed in their work that, you know, the work becomes the focus. And everything is aligned. The matching of ability to challenge is aligned. The time kind of melts and they're just doing it. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing that I found interesting was the theory of flow on leisure and how that impacts service delivery for recreation and, you know, different sort of leisure-based industries because people have various needs while seeking flow. So you have to be, as a provider, you have to be able to provide services for a variety of different people and different ability levels. For example, if I was offering X, Y, and Z service and three people walk in, all different ability levels, how am I going to modify that to meet everybody's needs so they can achieve flow? So, I don't know, I just thought that was interesting too and like how can we do that? As a society, we focus on providing leisure opportunities through recreation parks and tourism industries. So I know community rec centers offer programs for people to participate in, which can lead to flow experiences for people if they have an intrinsic desire to participate. I know national, state, and local parks allow people to explore nature, which can lead to a deeper understanding of oneself, resulting in leisure and flow experiences. And then the tourism industry also offers opportunities to participate in things that are out of the ordinary for most people most of the time. So these opportunities for recreation can lead to leisure if the person is motivated and has an interest to participate, which in the end can result in flow experiences, which are awesome. Did you get a chance to also see what the dangers of flow are? I did not, because flow is so great. I don't want to know anything that's bad. Ignorance is bliss. I'm going to go ahead and uh, say no to that and say that you sometimes knowing also helps you out to be able to better understand that doing too much of something could be dangerous. And it's just like sugar. You can have some sugar. I know that'll be a debatable topic for another podcast, but you can have some sugar, but too much of it, that'd be bad. It'd make your drink taste kind of funky. Same thing with flow. Let's say you were talking about work. You can get engrossed in the sense of timelessness. But if you do get engrossed in that, 
then you're gonna lose track of time. Let's say you, you're scheduled to get off at four, but you end up getting going home at 10. That's gonna be mm-hmm. probably a problem at some point. But then there's also activities like playing video games. Playing video games is good, as we've discussed in some of our articles. Too much of a video game is bad. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like you have to find, not only do you have to find a way to achieve flow, but you have to be able to monitor the use so you're not overdoing it, right? Yeah. And in addition to that, there's also things like gambling. Mm-hmm. Gambling, you know, not necessarily is going to be a bad thing, but if you're not winning and you're losing all your money, that's when it becomes bad. So it's not that things are intrinsically or sorry, inherently bad, but they could become or they have the potential to become a negative thing and a danger in the process of achieving flow. So in moderation. Sure, if that's what you want to say. (laughs) In moderation or choosing them wisely, correctly. Can you think of some activities off the top of your head uh, to find flow? I mean, there's a million different things. It's it's basically off of your interests. You know, if you're not interested in it, it may be difficult to find flow. Not impossible, but difficult. So, I mean, for me, um, I really enjoy gardening. Um, I find flow in playing, like, toys, like, pretend play with my son. Um, Definitely art. I've kind of picked up painting, and I'm finding flow in that. Um... You know, and it's really improved my overall outlook on life and how, you know, I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, there's also, for those of you that love music, love Mm -hmm. doing hobbies, arts and crafts, building something, carving something, you name it. If you can get that intrinsic motivation, set some goals, get the sprinkle in a nice amount of uh, difficulty, you got yourself an opportunity for flow. And... Why is it that flow works for us? What is What do you think are some of the things that would benefit the individual? Well, I mean, it provides a it provides an opportunity to practice something that you can get good at over time and add other forms of other levels of difficulty to match your skill set. Because hopefully, while you practice, you get better and better, and you're able to do more and more in terms of difficulty so your flow experience still matches you know yeah and in my opinion i think it's it's all about happiness and people when they're in that state of flow they tend to be in their happiest moments because of the concentration and the complete absorption in the activity that they have uh, with the activity at hand so i think happiness has always been a big factor in helping you the listener try to achieve the happiness that you want to achieve and just to name uh i was reading through one of the things that i came across was the happiest places according to national geographic interesting so the 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 top three that i found was boulder colorado santa cruz california california and uh charlottesville i believe that is in virginia and what they noticed was the correlation between bikeability and happiness in a city so people that are able to get moving and get around, they were typically more bikeable cities, which is something that helps with the flow. So once again, the three happiest cities then are Boulder, Colorado, Santa Cruz, California, and Charlottesville, Virginia. 
And this is according to National Geographic. I wonder what their criteria was. Uh, I forgot what that was. I know I write up on it, but I, I forgot. Uh, but definitely it's important to uh, value the happiness that you're feeling. After all, happiness should be a, the main motivator for you as well. I mean, here in the U.S., we have the unalienable rights established by our Declaration of Independence, which is the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is something that we are guaranteed here. So, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of Rec Play Live regarding flow. We also hope that you are able to achieve flow sometime in the future. If not today, what are some ways that you practice flow or you feel flow-like experiences? Um, we'd love to hear back from you um, and brainstorm on ways we could improve our leisure lifestyle as well as the listeners. So please provide feedback. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening today. Wreck, play, play live, live out. out. Ow.